baby, am I fired up for Wednesday's NBA Hoops at Lunch show. I had my second straight losing day Tuesday, went one and two again yesterday, and the first loss that I took was honestly the most infuriating that I've had this entire month. My podcast record is down to 22 and 20. I'm two and four this week. So I'm pissed off. There's a 10-game slate, though, in the NBA Wednesday, and I have five best bets, and I really had to talk myself out of not making a sixth wager. I'm taking four sides and a player prop. Before I get into that, though, let's talk about Tuesday, the goddamn disgrace that Tuesday was. Seven-game slate. I had three picks, two sides, one under. Again, went one and two. The first loser that I had was the Chicago Bulls, minus 130. And I told you guys that I got it at minus 115 earlier that day against the, the, the Indiana Pacers. Now, Chicago was playing the second of a back-to-back, but they typically play pretty well in the second of a back-to-back. In fact, Long story short on this game, I stand by my analysis. Chicago led by 16 at halftime and and pissed away the lead. I watched most of the second half, and I still really can't figure out what had happened. Um, it was just incompetence to the highest order last night with the Chicago Bulls. They were down two with 25 seconds left. And they couldn't inbound the ball with 10 seconds to work. What I mean by that, they had two timeouts down to 25 seconds, couldn't inbound the ball, called the timeout. Um, Next next play, excuse me, they had one timeout. So they used their final timeout to be able to properly inbound the ball. Next inbound attempt, Alex Caruso is the inbounder, struggles to find anyone, tosses it up for Nikola Vucevic. He ends up turning the ball over. Chicago has to foul down two. Indiana hits two free throws. They hit two more garbage time free throws to pretty much key the 116-110 victory. And just the way it all played out, I, I it pissed me off to, to, to no end. And Part of the reason why I'm I'm making so many bets today, a I'm confident in the in the in my breakdowns and and then the games that I have action in here in, in this ten game NBA Wednesday slate. The other reason is I'm I'm handicapped and angry, and I think I do better when I'm angry. So this is going to be a bounce back day. I think I'm going five and zero. Anyways, let's keep talking about Tuesday. Uh, I did get closing line value slightly in the Bulls. I think it closed at minus 135. Or, or maybe I, I just got the minus 130 and got closing line value on the original wager that I made the night before. The second wager that I made that lost was the under 225 in Wizards Mavericks. I'm a lot less angry about this one. I bet it at 226, truthfully. I told you I was willing to play it down to 225. It closed at 224. Um, but... I was just wrong on all accounts in this game. All four quarters trended over. Washington beat Dallas 127 to 126. So what was that? 25 game, 25 points over the total. So I wasn't even in the vicinity of cash in this bet. Again, a lot less angry about this one, especially when I when I watch some of the game and when I think about it, where I erred is the fact that both teams were down several bigs, 
And without those bigs, their interior defense was going to be a lot weaker. And neither team actually shot well from the three-point line, at least in the first half. And the game, again, was trending over the whole time. So there's really no defense being played out there. Something I should have been aware of. And um, I just whiffed epically that one. So if you followed me, my bad. If you faded me, good shit. Hey, congrats on the win. The next game that I bet, I went with the Clippers, minus five over the Los Angeles Lakers, Battle of L.A. It's an auto bet. Every time the Clippers play the Lakers, they usually beat them up. They're 34 and seven since I moved to LA in 2011. Uh, they're 28 and 13 against the spread in that time. They beat the Lakers 133-115. Lakers actually made it somewhat close in the fourth quarter. I was thinking about buying back some of the Clippers action or exposure that I had and, and, and taking, I think, 10 and a half or 11 and a half points at the Lakers. I ended up just letting it ride and, and the Clippers while they looked like they are going to choke that game away, ended up pulling away late. I didn't get the best end of this number. Closed at four and a half. I laid five. Um, so that sucks. I, I guess I did lay minus four the night before, like I was saying. But along the NBA hoops at lunch um, betting record or, or, or bet slip, I, I did not get closing line value. Uh, LeBron had his... First 40-point game ever against the Clippers. Put up 46, 8, and 7. Was absolutely phenomenal. But the Clippers shot 60% from the field, 50 for, 50% from three, and cashed pretty easily. Uh, my overall, or my, I don't know, like summarizing thought about Tuesday, and just in general, has to do with closing line value, which I, I'm beginning to think is overrated. I know professional sports bettors and sports books focus on, on getting closing line value to determine whether or not they're they're getting the best of it or are or as sharp as they think they are. Um, but the closing line value just really hasn't worked out for me this year. It would be better, honestly, if I just took games like five minutes before tip off and just laid whatever number or took whatever number the, the market was dealing. Um, because of, you know, my job, which I absolutely love uh, I got to produce content early in the day so people read it. So it sits on the website long enough to get page views. You guys kind of get the point here. I'm sure everyone understands what I'm what I'm getting at. So I have to get these bets out early. Um, and, you know, whether or not I get closing line value really doesn't matter. It's all that matters to me is winning these games. So one and two on Tuesday. But again, I'm back at it with five best bets here. The first one, um, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard tip-off between the Indiana Pacers and the Orlando Magic. I'm going to lay the six points at the Orlando Magic um, because, A, the Pacers had no business winning last night. So I think if anyone in the market um, is viewing the Pacers winning last night as you know them playing well, it was just Chicago being terrible. Um, everyone in the market, or at least the Sharps in the market, know that they got a bogus win last night. According to VEASAN and Pregame.com, the public is split on how to bet the Pacers magic, but 75% of the cash is on the magic. This is when I was looking earlier in the day. I'm not sure what the betting splits are, or excuse me, really late last night when this market started to form. Um, the Magic's opened as five-point favorites. They're currently six, so that's the number we're going to lay. Again, we're getting a little late to the number, but it's all good. I'm I'm not worried about it. This is your quintessential pros versus Joes game, and we're going to follow the money here. The reason why people are in love with the Magic is because they're the healthiest they've been all season. 
Jonathan Isaac returned after being injured since the bubble. They have a legit backcourt. And by legit, I mean like actual guards in their backcourt. Uh, starting point guard Markel Fultz and starting shooting guard Gary Harris are both in the lineup and are finally healthy. Orlando is very deep at big. And uh, Paolo Bancaro, the number one overall pick in the draft, is probably the best player on the court. Um now that Tyrese Halliburton, or, or being that Tyrese Halliburton, the Pacers point guard is still out with an injury. It's very rare for the Magic to be this big of a favorite, you know? And my thought is that the sports books are essentially begging for Indiana money, or like a lot of people are going to look at this like Magic laying six against Indiana, who, who really already cashed its overseason win total. I think even with Tyrese Halliburton out and the injury, people are going to look at that number and and at least talk themselves into the Pacers. So we're going to get the Magic. It's expensive. We're getting late to the number, but my first best bet, Magic minus six at home against the Indiana Pacers. Moving along, 8 Pacific, 8 p.m., excuse me, Eastern Standard tip-off between the Atlanta Hawks and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thunder beat the Hawks earlier this season in Atlanta, 121 to 114. Uh, SGA outplay Trey Young. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is probably going to win most improved player. He's probably going to make his, I think his first all-star team. And he's been one of the top 15 best players in the NBA. And in my opinion, is a much better point guard and, and, a, and a much better um, talent moving forward than Trey Young. Trey Young spends a lot of his time at the foul line, but SGA is better at getting fouls and does less corny ass flopping when they first met uh, SGA went 15 for 15 from the charity stripe and Oklahoma City's 121-114 win Young got there 11 times but SGA does a lot less flopping and and I just prefer his game a lot more than than Trey Young's Oklahoma City is great at home. They're fifteen and eight against the number. They're nine and five as a home dog with a plus eight spread differential. Atlanta plays shitty offense. They take a lot of long contested two pointers in the mid range. OKC sneaky good defensively. They're ninth in defensive rating. They're great at forcing turnovers and they're great at protecting the ball. Um, the Atlanta Hawks versus top ten defenses. Is, Defenses this year, excuse me, are six and eleven straight up. They got a minus four point five net rating, which ranks twentieth in the NBA. And again, Atlanta takes a bunch of terrible shots. They're twenty eighth in shot quality, and and they take the most mid range field goals. The Thunder are second in adjusted net rating. They're second in defensive rating. They're first in ATS margin over the last two weeks. They've been playing really, really well. And their defense, I think, is going to be able to get Atlanta fits. Also, the Hawks are a traditionally bad poor or a traditionally bad road team. Again, OKC has been awesome at home this year. I will say, buyer beware. Oklahoma City has a poor ATS record as slight underdogs or slight favorites. So, this one being a short uh, spread. We are going to take the Thunder plus one and a half at home against the Hawks, but I am a little concerned of how they play in tight games. Um, but ultimately, what got me to the window is the fact that the Thunder actually have a better net rating in the clutch than the Hawks, and it's because of the stuff we already talked about. The Hawks take terrible contested two-point shots out of isolation basketball, and 
Oklahoma City drives to the basket, forces fouls, and takes and get and because they're so aggressive at attacking the basket, they get a whole bunch of wide open three point attempts. They're gonna cash on these wide open three point looks here at home. So again, we're taking the one and a half with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Next game is another 8 p.m. Eastern Standard tip-off. The Minnesota Timberwolves are visiting the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm going to take three points at the Minnesota Timberwolves. I am nervous that um, Brandon Ingram is making his return for the Pelicans. I'm a huge Brandon Ingram guy, and they are the Pelicans are really struggling without Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. So Ingram coming back is perfect for the Pelicans who are slumping. They've lost five consecutive games, including last night to the, to the Denver Nuggets. They played them close. They only lost 99-98, but the Pelicans are 2-4 and four straight up and against the spread in the second of a back-to-back this season. So this is a spot that I want to fade them. I am, again, nervous about Ingram returning, but the Pelicans beat the Timberwolves 119-118 at home in their first meeting of the season. Zion played in that game and dropped 43 on 67% shooting. Um, He was absolutely fantastic. Ingram coming back definitely raises New Orleans' ceiling, but there's a chance he has to knock off some ring rust or could just be less effective in his first game back. If he's not scoring, he can kind of turn into a black hole and could possibly shoot the Pelicans out of this game. Um, The Pelicans are going to really ride... Uh, Brandon Ingram here with Zion Williamson out and 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 them struggling lately. Also, Timberwolves small forward Anthony Edwards is low-key having a great season. I know the Minnesota Timberwolves aren't really living up to expectations, but Edwards has been phenomenal this year. He's um, having his best season. It's his third year. He's having his best season by points per game, field goal shooting, three-point shooting, rebounds, and, and assists. So all the major stats. I like how he's playing frankly, and I think he's going to put together a really strong second half of the season post-All-Star break and could be averaging close to 30 points per game given when Carlton Towns comes back, given how much D'Angelo Russell tries to eat up his usage. But uh, Anthony Edwards has been balling lately. He scored 27 versus New Orleans over the season. He has one of the higher usage rates in the NBA, and I think he's going to be able to do work against the Pelicans' defense, which is pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, they have Herb Jones, who's an elite athletic wing, who could, who could, in theory, frustrate Edwards. But the Timberwolves are really aggressive. They attack the basket at a high rate. They're really, they have a high effective field goal shooting because they, they, they get buckets in the interior. They're not a very good three point shooting team. But again, they like the attack to the rim. And New Orleans has the worst defensive field goal percentage versus shots at the rim, according to cleaningtheglass.com. So uh, this this game opened with the, the Thunder laying three and a half. Um, it got down to two, but it's back up to, to three. Um, currently, X and um, or where I got it at DraftKings at three. I think it could close. It could close anywhere from three and a half to two and a half. I, I, you know, it's expected Brandon Ingram is going to make his return, but it hasn't been officially announced. I think once Ingram officially gets announced in, this could get up to to Pelicans minus three and a half, minus three and a half. Excuse me. So, my advice here is to wait closer to tip off, and if 
Ingram is still out. Whatever, take the th- take the Timberwolves. I guess down to a pick them. I don't I don't see him becoming a home or a road favorite here. But if Ingram plays, they could get up to four. So I would wait. Um, but I can't. Again, got to make this. Uh, got to make this money. Got to make content. Got to produce content. So I am taking the three points. The Minnesota Timberwolves as of one o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Next best bet. Um, a showdown from or a rematch of a second round Western Conference playoff showdown from last year. The Memphis Grizzlies visit the Golden State Warriors. I'm laying three with the with the uh, Golden State Warriors. Uh, this is a spite bet. I bet the Kings, excuse me, the Grizzlies at the Kings the other night. They sat John Morant and they sat Stephen Adams. They were load managing John Morant, which really pissed me off. Turns out Steven Adams is legitimately injured. Um, he's going to be sidelined for a few weeks now uh, with, I think, a knee sprain. But the idea of John Morant sitting against the Kings team that's currently the three seed in the West and Memphis is the two seed pretty much sums up how the Grizzlies view themselves. They view themselves as a team that's been that's a, that's a proven winner, that's been there and done that, and they haven't done shit. When John Morant was asked about who they're afraid of in the middle of December, he said the Celtics, and he said he wasn't afraid of anyone in the West. The Warriors then responded by beating the shit out of the Grizzlies on Christmas, which the Grizzlies absolutely deserved, and they did so without Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Andrew Wiggins. All three are healthy. All three are currently in the projecting starting lineup. Again, be careful with that kind of stuff. NBA load management era is a goddamn crisis, and maybe several Warriors players sit out. Who knows? They all could sit out for all for all we know, right? But as of right now, Curry, Draymond, Wiggins, Poole, Clay, they're all ready. And they're all going to be playing this game. And because of the Grizzlies talking shit, I think the Warriors get a full give a full effort tonight. Also, I'm not overlooking the injury to Grizzlies at, uh, center, Steven Adams. Uh, I almost call, call him Grizzly Adams. <laughs> uh, he's the reason Memphis is one of the best defensive re- or rebounding teams in the NBA. With him off the floor, I think the Warriors are just going to dominate the glass, own the glass. Ke- Kevin Looney actually grabbed 22, 22 rebounds and Golden State's closeout win last year against Memphis in the playoffs. Also, Outkick is is headquartered in Tennessee, so we have a few. We have uh, uh, several Tennessee natives or or um, residents on staff, and a couple Grizzly fans. One um, one of the writers, the the homie Mark Harris, who mainly specializes in golf, but is a, is an epic or not Epic, excuse me, is a big Grizzlies fan. Um, he reminded me something earlier this morning when I was asking him about this game, and that's the Grizzlies are terrible on the West Coast. They're 0-3 on their current West Coast road trip, um, and they're 11-5 and straight up with a minus 5.8 straight up margin and 2-13 and um, and one against the spread on the road versus Western Conference competition. So uh, Mark was on to something there, something that I inherently knew, but the, uh, the, the, the Grizzlies really suck out West. And 
Um, I was listening to the Ringer podcast, Bill, excuse me, Bill Simmons podcast last night, and one of his Grizzly guys, Chris Vernon, also talked about this and tried to make an excuse for the Grizzlies' struggles here on the West Coast, and or maybe not an excuse, just saying matter of fact that the Grizzlies struggle out west. Uh, the Warriors blew a double-digit first-half lead in its previous game against the, the the Brooklyn Nets. They lost one twenty to one sixteen. Clay Thompson was 0 for 7 from behind the arc, and it was Golden State's first game back from a, from a big road trip. I think they're going to come out looking to put the Grizzlies in their place, look to not lose two straight at home. They're the best home team, one of the best home teams in the league, and Memphis is 1-4 and four against the number in their last five visits to the Golden State Warriors, or to the Bay Area, excuse me. So I'm going to... Lay three right now with the with the Golden State Warriors. And the final one, the final bet that I'm looking at here is a uh, player prop, um, specifically LeBron James, over his point total um, when the, the Lakers host San Antonio Spurs tonight for a 1030 Eastern Standard tip-off. Now, my brother and I were talking about this earlier today. LeBron James is 178 points away from breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record. It's going to happen. Um, there's no stopping it. But the Lakers start a five-game road trip Saturday, and they play the New York Knicks at the Mecca of Basketball, Madison Square Garden, Tuesday, February 2nd. So it's a tall task. But if LeBron can average 45 points per game over that span, he's going to break the record in New York. And you know LeBron James is aware of this and is going to be gunning tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. Now, my, my, my one concern or major concern is that Anthony Davis is supposed to return from an injury tonight. He's set to make his return tonight. So LeBron's usage could take a dip. That's concerning. But... We've seen Anthony Davis defer even too much so to LeBron here in the Lakers. Like that's one of the biggest criticisms criticisms of Anthony Davis's performance as a Laker is that sometimes he's not he's not that aggressive. I think given the situation, given the fact that he's rusty and has to has to ramp back up into NBA um, form. I think he's going to defer to LeBron James more so in this game. Also, San Antonio's defense is terrible. They play at a very fast pace, so there's going to be a lot of possessions. LeBron's going to have a lot of opportunities to to smoke San Antonio's defense. And LeBron has been lighting it up this month. He's averaging 35 points per game on 52% shooting. Again, he scored 40 points for the first time against the Los Angeles Clippers last night, put up 46, and that's... The um, that that that's that makes the Clippers um, the thirtieth team that LeBron has put up forty points against. He's now put up forty points against every team in the NBA, which is absolutely outrageous. It's the second of a back to back, but LeBron actually balls out in the second of a back to back this year. He's averaging thirty eight points per game on sixty nine percent true shooting, fifty five percent from the field, forty five percent from three. 94% from the free throw line. He scored 39 earlier this year against the Spurs and is shooting 68%, has 68% true shooting against the Spurs. So he's balling out. 
I think he's going for the record in the garden. Honestly, if he puts up a dud in this game, they're probably going to arrest him in one of the one of the road trip games so he could get the record back in L.A. Um, but I think between Anthony Davis deferring to LeBron, LeBron killing it lately, and the San Antonio defense being terrible, LeBron over 30.5 points versus the Spurs is a good look and one of my five bets on my slip here on Wednesday. Quick recap, I'm laying six with the Orlando Magic hosting the Indiana Pacers. I'm taking one and a half points at the Thunder hosting the Atlanta Hawks. Grabbing three with the Minnesota Timberwolves in their visit to New Orleans to play the Pelicans. Laying three with the Warriors hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. And I'm going over 30 and a half points for LeBron James. Let's effing go, baby. Again, 22 and 20 since starting this podcast. I have a three week winning streak since starting this podcast. Hopefully I can keep it going, but one and two Monday, one and two Tuesday, two and four this week. Got some work to do. But god damn it, let's fire out of this hole. Good luck. Hopefully you guys are following me. If you're fading me, you made some money this week, but I'm getting it back. Let's go, baby. Peace. Mm-hmm.